Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. This episode is brought to you by the Confident Woman Collective. If you've ever felt that you need more community of women that are ready to up-level both professionally, personally, relationally, then definitely make sure you hop in and get more information about the Confident Woman Collective to make sure you're surrounding yourself around the people to best serve you to help you become your most confident self. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. And today I have with me a very special guest, Janelle Linne. Janelle is the founder of Next Level Confident. She is a confidence coach, national speaker, author, thought leader, and corporate workshop facilitator who teaches women how to shift negative thought patterns into empowered and confident ways of thinking and being. Her mission is to help every woman step into her power and see herself as the valuable badass she is. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you, that's not a perfect fit, but hold on, it gets better here because this is where it gets relatable. So Jeanette lives in San Diego and loves boxing, yoga, hanging out on the beach, reading personal development, and dancing with her husband in the kitchen. She's a woman of faith and dog mom to the adorable Denny. And her debut book, super excited for this, is called Flex Your Confidence Muscle. So welcome, Janelle. Yay. Thank you, Rachel. What a great intro. And I know that you and I have so much in common, so I'm just so excited to be here on this podcast. It embodies everything I stand for. So I just feel so honored to be a guest on your show. Likewise. And right before we got started on the recording, we're just chatting and just realized we have so much in common. And I just said to her, I was like, can we just be like best friends? Because (laughs) you know, know when you read somebody's bio and you're like, me too, me too, me too, me too. Right. And so, you know, that's the beauty of like this podcast is that we bring women, real women, just like me, you, and those listeners that are just like, we just want to live a badass, confident life. And, you know, you talk about that in your, your debut book, you know, flex your confidence muscle. And so really diving deep into how to reclaim your power and step into who you're created to be. And the irony is like, we use a lot of the same terminology and it's really speaking to me because we use that, you know, step into who you're created to be the confident woman and who is the confident woman to you, you know? So every version is different for that individual. And I love how you put it, you know, you are the valuable badass self that you are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really about being more of who you really are. You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes like when I work with clients or, you know, people are like, Oh, I want to be more like you. And I'm like, no, 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 not more like me, please. No. All right. So we just had a little bit of tech issues, which is so fun because it leads me into something I love talking about. I will come back to being authentically yourself, but you know, there are so many mistakes that can happen with technology and with life. And I was just saying this to Rachel, like the, the recording just randomly stopped. And for the last like 10 minutes, we were trying to figure out how, like, what's going on? Why did the recording randomly just stop? And, you know, it's easy for Rachel in the, that moment to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, thanks for your patience. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's technology. But one thing I love talking about with being confident, we get to choose our thought patterns. So for example, you know, for everyone listening right now, Rachel could get off this episode and be like, oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing that my audio went kaput in the middle of the podcast episode. Janelle must think I'm like a total noob or whatever, you know, like whatever negative (laughs) thought pattern she Mm -hmm. might let herself have, or she can get off and be like, it wasn't a big deal. We had tech issues for 10 minutes. We worked it out. And Literally, Janelle doesn't care. I don't care. We had a great conversation. Podcast went awesome. And so she gets to choose her thought patterns. And so the same goes for you. Like I'm I'm assuming, you know, the women that are listening, you're in these spaces where there are moments where you are going to make mistakes. There are moments where you're going to have quote unquote failure. There's going to be moments where things don't look the way you want them to look. And it's like, I, I mean, it reminds me of one of my speaking engagements for Cisco. I literally, my I turn on my computer it was like 10 or 15 minutes before. And for whatever reason, my computer decided to restart and reboot. And it was like 34 minutes until it would be able like my computer would turn on my Mac. And I'm like, 34 minutes. My speaking engagement starts in 15 minutes for Cisco. Like We don't have 34 minutes. We don't have 30 minutes. And I'm literally, I'm like pacing. And my husband, he's on an important call. And I'm like going, I'm like interrupting him. I'm like, I might need your computer. He's like, I'm in the middle of a client meeting. I'm like, 
I know, but I'm speaking for Cisco. <laughs> but it did end up like it, it ended up turning on, I think, like five minutes after. And I was communicating, you know, on my phone with the other person, just saying, Can you just kill some time? I'm, I'm about there. It's almost on. And so, yeah, I showed up five minutes late to my own freaking speaking engagement for one of my, you know, biggest clients uh, at that time. And, and I, you know, it was, it was nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. Like it, it, my heart was, pounding. Mo- like I had a very hard time getting out of fight or flight for that mm-hmm. entire speaking engagement. Cause I was just like, you know, I'm plugged into the power source, but the whole time my battery's on red. So the whole time I'm like, will it die or will it stay on, you know, or things like that. Anyway, all that goes to say, we get to choose our thought patterns and afterwards we can either beat ourselves up or we can say like, Oh, like uh, everyone was thinking about me like this and stuff, or maybe no one really cared. And maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. And like, we're all our own worst critics and we're all so hard on ourselves, especially I think like when it comes to performing and that Mm -hmm. could be on a podcast, that could be a speaking engagement, that could be an important client call that you have. But ultimately it's, it's not usually as big of a deal as it is in your own head, you know, and it's all, it's all going to be okay. And so I just always have to remind myself of that when tech issues happen or when things that suck happen in our careers and in other parts of our life, it's like, it's actually all going to be okay. okay. You know, yep. it, it actually is. Yes. It's, and that's such a great point. And, and when we just kind of got cut off, I was just like a freak out moment because I have zero tech skills and I'm thinking, am I going to pull this together? Like, how is this going to happen? And so, but you know, you just do the best you can with what you have. And, and, you know, when you're in that space and you just are trusting and open and receiving that the other person also has your best interest at heart. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to stick with you because, you know, things happen, especially tech. I mean, do we have any control over that? Right. So, you know, mistakes happen, things happen. And, you know, it's such a valuable lesson. And so with these lessons, with that lesson, it leads into, you know, really what you do and help and, you know, empower women to change those thought patterns and change their beliefs and the narrative around how we think, but more importantly, how we show up. And so, how are we showing up in those moments that, you know, could be those fight or flight moments or those moments of like, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, right? Like we're always looking to be on the mark, but you know, every time we show up, we're going to miss the mark because there's no such thing as perfection. Right. So mm-hmm. it's what we do with the circumstances and situations is really shapes our character into who we become. So valuable lesson. So really thank is. you, tech. There's the lesson yeah, in the tech. tech for teaching us a lesson here. And, <laughs> and one thing I'll also say here is that like, for me, that's, I've started to do a lot of breath work. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that learning how to take harness of my breathing, which I know sounds probably so cheesy to some people right now, because I never used to be into like, I mean, I would go to yoga, but that, that was different. I was like, yeah, I go to yoga and then I come home and then I'm like back to my intensity towards work or whatever. Right. But like really learning how to get out of that fight or flight and learning how to bring your heart rate down and relax your lower stomach. Like that's a big one for me. So when I start to feel that tension, especially in these situations that are very nerve wracking, you, you know, you could be presenting for your company. You could be on a call with your boss, or, you know, maybe you're sitting down to do a hard conversation with a spouse. I don't know. There's so many moments where that fight or flight can start to come up and we feel that our heart pounding and the shortness of breath. And it's really, it can be so hard to get ourselves calm and present. But for me, taking that breath, relaxing the low stomach. Cause I I've noticed I carry a lot of stress and anxiety in my, like my low stomach area. And of course, like neck and everything like that. But when I can just start to do some big breathing and, and I'm sure, you know, maybe people have heard this before, but square breathing, which is basically a four count inhale, a four count holds a four count exhale, and then a four count holds you begin slowing down your breathing and then you're able to be like, okay, it's going to be okay. And then especially if there's a tech issue, or especially if you're in the middle of something where you kind of need to be thinking, it helps you think more clearly because, you know, when your heart's pounding a thousand miles an hour and you're like, oh no, oh no, right. And you're trying to fix the technology or you're trying to whatever, fix whatever you need to do. It doesn't really, or present whatever you need to present. It doesn't end up being as easy to do because you're just, you know, so tense and so stressed. And so for me taking that time to be like, Hey, I have time to take a few deep breaths. And even if that slows me down on the front end, I know that then I'll be able to do the next thing better because I'm breathing. And so, and there's a, there's a military type term that I always remind myself of, which is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. 
That's like my mantra for life because I can be the person who really wants to get things done very quickly. I like to be efficient. I like to check things off my to-do list. I'm like, go, 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 go. Right. But what I found is that if I go too fast, it's sloppy or I go too fast and it doesn't turn out the way I want it to be. And so I've kind of been learning the art of slowing down and the art of breathing and the art of, you know, like taking these steps back. And so I I know that's kind of a side note from confidence, but really it kind of goes hand in hand because of the calm, cool, collected in order to seem confident. Like if you want to be a leader in your career, you want to be a leader within your home. You want to be a leader wherever you go. Having that confidence is a mindset, but it's also a presence. Mm -hmm. It's a presence of calm, a presence of being present, right? Having that peace, even in the stress. That's that's what makes an incredible leader is someone who's able to slow their breath down, slow their thoughts down in a, re, in a fight or flight situation where decisions need to be made quickly. You slow it down for just a moment. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And then you're able to create the right decision in that moment or the right choice because you've slowed down long enough to think. And that's when people will start to recognize you as a leader because they can see your presence and the way that you're able to handle these high stress situations. Right. And your calmingness is actually comforting to the audience that you're presenting to, because they, when, when you're panicked, they're panicked, right? So mm-hmm. it's about owning, taking the ownership of, of who you are. Right. So like, well, like you said, your heart could be racing your mind's over here, scrambling to figure out what's happening. But when we connect the two through breath work and breath work is such a powerful tool that, you know, you don't have to have like some meditative breath work kind of arsenal, but really what you had said, you know, hold, breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four and repeat that cycle until you feel this calming sensation. That's your mind and your mind connecting with your heart to bring down your body. So this adrenaline isn't at its highest peak and you can continue leading and just being in that present element, which is great because all these things really tie into, you know, with the tools that you've just shared right now through, and and I love that we just had a real, real life live example, Mm -hmm. right? Things could happen. And how do we recover? How do we bounce back from, you know, these setbacks, right? So it's part of your mission, right? Really to help these women to help, you know, change their, their thought patterns, uh, recognize the behaviors and the actions that are leading us towards a place that we don't want to go and kind of bringing us full circle so that we can really empower ourselves to be calm, cool, collected, be that confident, badass woman, to be your best version of yourself. And so like a lot of these things, you know, you learned obviously through your own experiences, through uh, your passions, through your work, through just life in general. And you're so committed to giving back and empowering women to do the same. So I want to, I'm curious, you know, I, I, I mean, I love your story. So let's, let's kind of talk about the story. Like, how did you even get into, you know, one, this line of work, uh, why you feel so called to lead women in this direction and also your book, what led you to write this book and give us some juicy nuggets without giving all the details away. Cause your book is fantastic and it's uh, already ranking in awards and achievements. So, oh my gosh, give us all the goods, right? Yes. Thank you, Rachel. You're, you're like the best hype woman ever. And I really <laughs> appreciate that. It's like, we all get to be each other's biggest fans, you know, Absolutely. like, confidence is really about, it's about being confident in who we are, but also having that abundance mindset where we're lifting up other women. So thank you for just encouraging me and lifting me up like that. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. So to take it back a bit with telling my own story about how I, I guess how I got to where I am, it's because of, you know, the pain that I've been through. And I think that that's where most of us find our purpose is through the pain that we've walked through. And so when I look at my past and my story, It really starts back to about late middle school is probably when, well, and probably even before then, you know, that was when I really started creating a lot of different limiting beliefs around my worth and thinking that I was an outsider, thinking that I didn't really belong anywhere that I went. I was homeschooled for like most of elementary school and then a little bit of middle school. I was going back and forth between public and homeschool. And so I felt like I would hang out with these homeschool kids and they were like kind of nerdy. And I'd be like, I'm not like these nerds. I'm so cool. And then I would go to public school and then I'd be like, oh man, all these kids are so cool. Like I'm not as cool as them. And I think I was a lot more innocent and, you know, a bit sheltered. So I didn't know like a lot of the innuendos and sexual jokes and all this stuff. And so that's kind of, and these are some of the stories that I really dive deep into in my book is like, I take the reader through 
you know, what happened in fourth grade and the limiting beliefs that were created from that experience and what happened in seventh grade and the experience, like the limiting beliefs that came from that experience. And obviously my goal in that is because I want readers to think back to their past. And so it's been insane how many times I've talked with clients on the phone with coaching and I'll be like, you know, where do you think these limiting beliefs came from that you're struggling with at work today? And they're like, um, I don't know, just probably my boss, you know, treating me like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, maybe, but you, you're attracting this result into your life. And there's something deeper here than just what's happening today. So let's peel back the the layers and think about what happened in your past. And when did you start first confirming this lie that your voice doesn't matter or whatever, you know, whatever the limiting belief is that we're discussing. And so usually if I share some of my own stories, then she's like, oh, you know what? That reminded me of this time when I was in sixth grade and I was running for, you know, class president and, you know, and then I got, this is a real story. Actually, one of my clients got teased because of her ethnicity and said that they, they wouldn't choose her because of the color of her skin. And like, those are the stories, you know, I'm hearing my clients saying this and it's like, I'm crying as I'm coaching them. Like, okay, let me just wipe the tears. Cause this is like so heart wrenching that you experience this. And then the, you know, usually in these moments, like my clients are like, wow, I've never even thought of that story before. I've never thought of that memory. And I didn't even really realize that that impacted me. And so if you're listening right now, I would really encourage you to start to dig into, you know, your childhood memories that might feel a little, even they might not seem even that horrible or like they might feel a little bit innocent, but if they are really crystal clear in your mind, then usually, and I know there's positive ones too. So I'm not just trying to focus on only negative, but we're, you know, we're talking about limiting beliefs and where they're created. So generally if there's kind of a a negative or kind of sour taste in your mouth, when you think of this one experience from somewhere in your childhood, that usually means that something kind of clicked in your brain at that time and formed a new limiting belief. So anyway, I'll go back to my own story is that I, we moved, my family moved from upstate New York to Colorado when I was 13 years old. And I did not want to move with my family. I told them I'm not going with you. If anyone is into a Neogram, are you, are you an Enneagram fan at all? What are yeah, you? Uh, I'm a two. You're a two. Okay. I'm an eight. So I was kind of challenging things from a very young age. And so 13 year old Janelle was like, mom, dad, I wish I could move with you, but I'm going to Cornell university in five years and live in Ithaca. And so like, I, you know, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to move with you to Northern Colorado, but I'll come visit as soon as I can. And I have some friends I can stay with. I already worked out the whole deal, you know, so see, see you soon. Bye-bye. And they said, LOL, pack your bags. You're 13. You're moving with your family, obviously. (laughs) So I moved, so we moved to Colorado and I think it was kind of around that time with the move and then just changing hormones. And then again, limiting beliefs that were already there, like the, I don't belong. Cause I'm not really like the homeschoolers. I'm not really like the, I'm not really like people at church. I'm not really like people at school. There were so many different places that I would go that I would tell myself that I don't belong. And then with confirmation bias, I would look for ways to confirm that my limiting belief was true. And so I was constantly looking to confirm that. And so we moved when I was about 13 and yeah, it was about that time that I started to have more like dark thoughts. And I started to I think it was, you know, it's hard for me. It's like, you know, a little blurry, but it's like 13, 14, 15 time period was when I started to really think like, I want to disappear. I don't want to be here anymore. I maybe I'll run away from home and like, and I would get like an kind of an ego boost off of thinking about like my family and the kids at school and everyone being like missing me and being like, oh, like Janelle is so great. And I'd be like, yeah, like I was, I'd be like, Tom Sawyer, you know, like watching from somehow on top and like seeing the whole thing unfold. Right. It becomes like a fantasy escape the reality. And when when you get to these, these pain points, it's our mind because, you know, we can't sustain the pain. So for us to, at such a young age, I mean, we don't have jobs, monies and cars and go, you know, leave the situation. Right. And we go, we live out a fantasy version of the reality because it's so painful to be in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I can relate to every single one of those pieces that you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, like we have no numbing agents also. Well, I mean, I I guess like every 13 year old now has a smartphone and, and, you know, has TikTok and Snapchat and everything, but I didn't have those things. I didn't either. (laughs) We didn't have the internet internet. or like I, I did actually beg and got a phone when I was 13 and my parents were like, you can get a phone if you get a job. And I was like, fine, I'll start babysitting so I can get my own phone. And you know, we, I could send 250 texts 
say a mom a month, you know, and you had to check to see if you had reached your 250 texts, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, if anyone remembers that, that time period. Yes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, so I think it was, yeah, I was around that time where I started to think those thoughts. And so what I actually started envision was my funeral. I would picture people coming to my funeral. I would picture them being like really sad and crying and like all the popular girls in school would be like saying nice things about me and how great I was. And then, you know, my parents were on the stricter side, you know, of course I know they were doing the very, very best that they could. And I have like so much love and honor for my parents and they did an amazing job. But at that time I was like, really not vibing with their parenting style. And I was very rebellious. And so, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, then they could, you know, they would wish they had been, let me have more freedom and stuff like that. And, um, I would picture everyone crying. I would picture being packed at the funeral. They had to have like an overflow room because there were so many people that wanted to come see me. And so there's like this whole, like dark fantasy, like you're saying, where it's like escaping and like feeling good about everyone missing me. And so it was around that time that I started to think about potentially taking my life. Um, I started thinking about like how I would do it. And I never actually did anything with that, those thoughts. It was really just like laying in bed at night, thinking lots of wild thoughts, going down these dark fantasies that I would, you know, think about, okay, well, maybe if I were to kill myself, would I use a gun? Would I use pills? Like I was just playing with thoughts, yeah. which, which is dangerous. And I didn't realize how dangerous it was to allow myself to play with those thoughts. I also didn't even realize that this was like, could be even categorized as like depression or suicidal or anything like that, like in my mind and what everyone saw on the outside, like actually my parents are visiting right now. I live in San Diego now. Right. And they live in Colorado. They're visiting and we were at happy hour yesterday. And my mom was like, it makes me really sad that you like had all these thoughts. Like, why didn't you tell us? And I'm like, I didn't tell anyone, like mm -hmm. not even my best friends, not my parents. There was no one who knew what was going on in my mind because I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with my thoughts. I didn't want to bring those out into the light. I thought they, first of all, I thought they were like, I knew they were not good thoughts to be thinking. Like I, I knew they were bad, but I also don't think I thought it was that big of a deal that I was thinking those thoughts. I don't know. It was a very weird, you know, I think we all can probably relate to that. We're like, we think things are like, Oh, it's not that bad. Okay. I know it's kind of bad. I don't really want to tell anyone that I'm thinking these thoughts. And I really do think that's where that's where really big limiting beliefs and really, really dark stuff can happen when we continue to ruminate on our dark thoughts and we never bring anyone in to support us. And that's what I did for a long time because I, I resisted vulnerability. I resisted feeling weakness. Um, I just wanted to be strong. I wanted to have it all together. And so I was the happy friend. I was the, I still looked confident on the outside. That's what's so crazy. And so when I talk about confidence, I'm not even talking about like, I do talk about posture. I do talk about, you know, how we carry ourselves and all those things. But like, when I say confidence, I mean like a deep rooted self-worth, like actually believing that your life matters and actually believing that you have a purpose and that your creator didn't make a mistake when he made you. He like, you have like things set inside of you that are your gifts, your strengths that like no one else on this planet has. And I didn't see that for myself. And what I will say is I, I had this weird, <laughs> this is, I think what happens when you have ego, that's like really running your life. I, some moments I felt very, very special, right? Like I would tell myself that I was so special. And that's when you actually know true insecurity is when you have these fluctuations between insane. I'm insanely awesome. I'm so special that really no one else gets me because I'm like literally God's gift to this planet. But at the same time, I'm a piece of shit basically. And I should die. So like those fluctuations were like what my thought patterns were like at that time. And so anyway, I didn't take action on any of them, but what I did do is I started to then think a new thought, which was, well, what if I were to die of a natural cause? Maybe I could die of like a car accident. And if I died of a car accident, then no one could be mad at me for doing, you know, that would be an accident. And then also it could just be like a natural thing. So again, these are all like kind of subconscious thoughts. And I got every single moment of every single day I was thinking of it, but it was kind of in the back of my head, floated around a lot, didn't face them. I used to journal even back then when I was 13 years old, I would 14, 15, 16, you know, I was, I would journal, but I wouldn't, that never came under the journal because it wouldn't even leave my thoughts because it was so dark and I didn't want to face those thoughts. And so I started to believe that I was going to die in a car accident somewhere in my mid twenties. And I did actually tell a few people along the way. And then when I did tell people, it was kind of inappropriate timing. Like I would just kind of like throw it out there. Like one time I was like in college drinking with one of my best friends. And I was like, yeah, I 
you know, I think I'm supposed to die in a car accident in my twenties or something. And she was like, oh my gosh, we have a family friend who used to think he was going to die young. And then he did. And what's wild, Rachel, is that the more I share this story, even though like, I know some listeners right now are like, can't relate at all to like maybe this dark of thoughts. And I really hope that no one here is relating. Okay. Um, and, and that's that, but I'm going to, I'm going to validate that because, well, first of all, I'm, Thank you for sharing this because holding the space here to have this conversation, because it's not easy for just somebody to just say, yeah, I had deep, dark thoughts. And these are the actionable steps that I was running through this narrative in my mind. But the truth is like just that powerful story right there. I I will confirm I've also had them Mm. and, and it's, it changes the trajectory of your life. It literally does. I use those exact words. I think we are, I think we are best friends. We're like soulmate sisters here, Rachel. Literally, it changes the trajectory of your life. And that's what I teach on now is that your beliefs lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. So my result for so long was mediocrity because I was literally just waiting for my time to end. Mm-hmm. And I was like a hamster on a wheel. I looked happy on the outside. Everyone thought I was doing great, but I didn't. I basically is like an armor also to like, not, not give a crap about anything. I'd be like, I don't care. I don't care. And I, I was cool. Cause I didn't care about anything. Right. Like I could take risks. I don't care, you know? And, and I didn't really care much about like what degree I chose for college. I went to college. I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I, I was in a six year relationship with a guy. I would sometimes I'd be like, oh, marriage maybe, but eh, it doesn't really matter. Like nothing really matters because all I was thinking about was like, they'll find out when I die. Yeah. That you weren't going to be here for the long term of it anyway. So what's the point? What's the point? Exactly. What's the point? And so I've shared that I've started to share this story, you know, as I, once I did a lot of personal development work and just realizing that this even was my story. Cause I think for a long time, I didn't want this to be my story. Like, it's like, it's so weird. You know, I'm like, it's so dark. It's so heavy. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I, who wants to hear this freaking story, you know? And it's actually, I used to be a personal trainer when I moved to California and I'll, I'll share that a little bit. But anyway, I was, then I quit that and I hired a business coach that was going to help fitness, you know, personal trainers become online fitness coaches. This was like a little over four years ago. And they wanted you to share a transformation story on social media. And so, and then you had, and you shared it on the Facebook page, the like business Facebook page, and they would like rate it and tell you like, um, how it was. And if you need to redo it. So everyone's was all about like fitness. Right. So they were like, I lost 30 pounds and now I'm the healthiest version of myself. And I had this whole transformation and I'm, you know, happiest, healthiest version of myself, which is amazing. I'm, I'm definitely not putting down that story. It's a beautiful transformation story. I sat down and tried to think of a fitness transformation story. And like, I, I never really, I've always, you know, loved I've fluctuated five to 10 pounds or whatever, but I've always pretty much loved being active. I played sports, whatever. So I tried to create this fake story that was like, I gained 10 pounds once and it was because I was doing CrossFit and wasn't eating super clean. And I like, like, this is literally not my story. So then I remember being like on my bedroom floor and I was like, what's my true transformation story? Like what really pain did I go through? And did I work through? And I was like, the death story. And I started to write it out for the first time ever. And I was bawling, like losing it. Just being like, I used to think I was going to die in a car accident. I, I believed that for like eight years of my life. Like what? That was, that was my life. Like that really happened. And like, and, and I'll share how it shifted and everything too. But I'm like, that really happened to me. And it took a few years for me to even acknowledge that that was really my story. That was my transformation. So anyway, I, I do the video. <laughs> <laughs> I boast on this page. And I think like some of the, you know, coaches and they're trying to give some feedback. They were like, yeah, this is, this is good. They like, <laughs> this is not the fitness story. What do we do with this? And then I think they gave like a, a way to change it, but I was like crying in the story. I'm like, this is my story. I posted it. And I was the scariest thing I've ever posted on Instagram and Facebook. And I was like, I think I had to call my parents before to be like, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this, but this actually is my story. And they were like, wait, what? Like a lot of my best, no one knew again, no right. one knew. And so 
Yeah, go ahead. I'm chatting up a storm over here. No, I'm just saying, I mean, this is so true. Like, you know, we, when we look at transformational stories, we tend to think of it like as a before and after, but we don't actually talk about the unseen journey. And the the real transformation is really what happens within. And that's our, you know, for, for me and my philosophy is around fitness, because I'm obviously a, you know, I'm a former fitness competitor. My story is, you know, chasing perfection, a journey to healing fitness and self-love, you know, mm-hmm. so when we could turn these things and we tend to look at fitness from that physical, you know, aesthetics look, we have to dive deep into it. And so part of my um, philosophies with the fit from within is, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual, well, the physical becomes the byproduct. It becomes the, the, the beliefs, our, our limitations, our thought processes, our, our spiritual bank, you know, where are we at this point? And so, you know, the physical is just this, this vessel, this being, Hmm. but we can't look at it from just the external when it's an internal battle of the unseen forces, like it really is. And so when we have these transformational journeys, you know, I look at it as like, it's a, it's a testimony. It's a, it's a testament to what our creator can do through us. And, you know, for anyone who's looking for their purpose, or we still, we still see this out there, right? Like if you haven't found your purpose, like there's no point in living kind of stuff. Like, you know, I think for, for me, when I was getting, you know, starting out my transformation journey is I was at that point. I was like, but I don't have a, I don't have a transformation. I don't have a story. I don't even have a purpose. Like, Mm. and so it would validate those negative thoughts and be like, so why, why am I here? What if I didn't exist? What would people, would they even miss me? Would they care? Would they even notice? Like, those are the thought processes. But, um, you know, when we look at our purpose, it comes from, you know, I, I can say like, there's, there's the three things, right? So it's, it's pain, uh, passion, or things that just straight up piss you off. Yeah, And so you could become an advocate for something that, that really just is, you know, for injustice or adversity and things like that, that you become an ally and an advocate to fight against it. But that typically comes from a place of, of pain that fuels yes. that, that emotion that then passion, you tend to think of like passion is just always like happy, happy, joy, joy. It's not passion is, is a deep rooted. This is why I do what I do. And so it becomes this transformational story through our pain, through our, it becomes our purpose. And we live with this passion to ignite and be a catalyst for life change and sharing these stories. And like you were saying, you know, these stories could be so deep, dark and depressing and heavy, but yet if you are human, you too have suffered from some sort of these painful moments that maybe yours didn't last as long. Maybe there are fleeting moments, but it's always ultimately what we choose to do with those that make the biggest change. And if we're able to overcome, that is our gift and our purpose to share that message and spread the word and share it with others who could be like you on that fence mm-hmm. and thinking, right. yeah, well, even though they're thoughts, but what would happen if I took action on it? Yeah. What if I, I died in a car accident? And so when we start manifest, it becomes a manifestation because yes. it, could, it could turn into reality. So it's a self-fulfilling well, prophecy, a hundred percent. And so I, I actually had the same process about uh, a car accident as well. And especially at my former employee, I was like, I mean, I was daydreaming of every day I drive to work and I'm just like, well, what if I got an accident? It could yes. buy some time off. I'm like, but do I really want to die? Like, I don't know. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah. we go to these lengths and our mind plays tricks on us, but it's, it's really up to us again, to have that power and control over our mind, because our, our thoughts will dictate who we mm-hmm. become unless we get ahead of it and say, not today. And exactly. so I love that you share this because the vulnerable shares, you know, it, it, it creates that relatability. It gives others permission and the courage to show, show up and, and share as well. You know, and that's actually something I, I hadn't talked about. And even in my book, I mean, I am raw. Like it cutthroat to the point where I'm sobbing every time I'm reading it. And Mm. yeah, my book is a bit more front heavy because of the depths of our lows to get to our high so that we can come out of it stronger, more courageous, more confident, and just have that, that fire lit inside. This is, this is my purpose. This is my mission. And this is what I'm living for. Yeah. And I think to be able to have that to your point, Rachel, you have to actually become aware of your story. And like, I can already know that there's some women listening right now. They're like, well, I had, haven't been through anything that painful. I haven't had anything that dark happen. I had a really good childhood. I had a really like, everything's been pretty easy for me. And I think that that can be true. And that's a beautiful thing. So I'm definitely not, um, you know, being like everyone should have, but I do think we all have pain. I think that Unfortunately, with our society, especially now being very much like toxic positivity, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times I've worked with women who think they don't have a story. And as we start to peel back 
layers of their, we, we begin unnumbing. And that's a lot of what I talk about in my book is the art of unnumbing and actually starting to w- wake up to what has really happened in our brains because our thoughts are so, thoughts are so weird, you know, cause if they're not tangible, mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily look them in the face very often. And so they could just pass through your brain and you might not even be really aware that you're having that thought. So much of our mind is unconscious. I believe it's 80% of our thoughts are unconscious thoughts. And so the work that I do is helping women become conscious and insanely aware of those thought patterns that are going through their mind. So, cause awareness is the very first step. So for someone who's like, I don't have a story, I don't really have pain. You probably do. You probably do have a story. You probably do have some pain in there, but you actually haven't allowed yourself to take the time to look them in the eye Mm -hmm. because we're so busy numbing. And like we were saying a little bit ago, like as a child, like, you know, you didn't have as much availability for numbing, but now we have we have families, we have to-do lists, we have social media. There's so many um, distractions, distractions, right? There's socially acceptable ways of numbing. So I'm not saying everyone here is getting drunk every night and doing drugs. And that's how they're not. No, it's not just drugs and alcohol that numb. Like if every spare moment of your day, you're putting on social media and scrolling or like every spare minute of your day, you must be getting things done on your to-do list. Those are some red flags that you're constantly numbing. If you can't spend 30 minutes alone in your room with the door closed, without a phone, without any technology in the room, and it's just you and your thoughts and, and preferably a journal. I think the I, journal pen and the paper, pen yeah. and paper to get your thoughts down on a paper. And, and kind of like what I was saying earlier, like I wrote out my transformation story and What if you, you know, you listening right now, what if you actually took some time after this podcast? Because, oh, here's another great way of of numbing. I I think, and I found myself doing this at one point, constantly listening to podcasts, constantly doing self-development, but But not taking action, but not taking action or not even taking time for reflection. Mm -hmm. Right. You're Mm -hmm. like, let's go. Oh man. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Because we're just still doing doing, 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 doing. So I'll still, oh, I'll grow more, I'll more podcasts, more audible, more books and more growth and growth and growth and growth. But actually there's a time for less is more. There's actually a time to turn off the podcast and have silence in your shower and to just sit with your thoughts. There's times to sit in your room with the journal. Like I said, don't try to put on a podcast. Be like, what is my transformation story? What, what are some of the harder things I've been through? Even again, even if it's just like a comment that someone said once that hurt you and kind of stuck with you, maybe it's the way you look at yourself in the mirror. Maybe it's the way you compare to other people. Like what are some of the things that you, you wrestle with? You're a human, you wrestle with things. So you might, you know, you might be listening. You're like, I wrestle with a lot of stuff. Maybe that's where you're at, but maybe you're on the other end where you're like, I'm kind, I'm kind of good. Yeah. And I just encourage everyone to just sit with their thoughts and allow yourself to just think about what is my story? What have I been through? And maybe you don't have a transformation story yet because maybe you're still in it, right? Maybe you're still with those same thoughts. And so that's why affirmations, I think, are so big and speaking truth over yourself. So the exercise that I have all of my clients do when we first start working together is a limiting beliefs exercise. And this is available on my website. If if anyone wants it, it's nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle. And um, this is a resource that's how to it's how to build your confidence through your mindset, right? And and it's talking about limiting beliefs. And so I have them write out all the limiting beliefs and then all the truths. And so the truths then become your your new affirmation. They're like personalized affirmations for you that are combating your limiting beliefs. So if you have a limiting belief like I'm annoying and and people get annoyed with me whenever I speak up at work and meetings or something like that, then your truth would be something like likely no one thinks I'm annoying. And if they do, that's not my job to prove to them anything because I know that I am lovable. My thoughts matter. My ideas matter. And I'm valuable to my organization or whatever. Like you want to make it kind of specific to the thing. So if it, it could be within your relationships, it could be in your career, it could be with your health. You might think, oh, I, I could never lose the weight I want to lose, or I could never be healthy and strong the way I want to be healthy and strong. You know, there's so many there's hundreds of different limiting beliefs in my book. I talk, I talk about a lot of them. Um, and it really just even scratches the surface because all we're all so unique and we're all overcoming our limiting beliefs. So when we're thinking, when that thought pops in the mind, so the first step is awareness, be become aware of the, the thoughts that are popping in your mind throughout your day, the self-sabotaging thoughts that, Oh, you're not smart. Oh, you look stupid in that meeting. Or you, you're a bad mom, or you look in the mirror. Oh, I look fat. What are, what are the thoughts that are just split second moments where these thoughts are passing through your mind, become aware of the thoughts. Then after you become aware now, then you get to choose a new thought pattern. So a lot of times I'll say cancel 
And even if you want a really big pattern interrupt, you can do a snap or a clap, cancel. And it's kind of like if anyone has a dog, we trained our dog using, we didn't use the shock collar, but we used a collar that does have that functionality, but we use just the beep and the vibration. So there's like three, three functions on it. And so we would just use a beep. And I actually did save her freaking life because she ran into traffic once when we had her off leash and she almost got ran over by a car. So I was like, okay, I'd rather freaking beep her and have her have like an unpleasant high-pitched beep than to have her get run over by a car. So the beep would help pattern interrupt her. So she would go to try to run towards, you know, she'd see a dog she want to say hi to. And again, sometimes they're friendly dogs, sometimes they're not. So I need to be in control whether you're saying hi to that dog or not if you're off leash. So I would press the beep button and it would jolt her and she'd look back at me and she'd come running towards me. And I'd be like, come here. And she'd come. I'm like, wow, this thing works like a friggin' gem. Always people ask me at the beach all the time, how do you take your dog off leash and how does she listen so well? I'm like, Amazon, go buy this, it'll change your life. Anyway, so we can do that with ourselves. <laughs> Random story. We can do that with ourselves. We can pattern interrupt ourselves. And so when you hear when you see that thought or you hear that thought and you're aware of this thought that you said to yourself, that's a negative thought, it's not kind, cancel and either a snap or a clap, and then choose your new thought pattern, mm-hmm. even if you don't believe it right now right? You'll begin to manifest it. You'll begin to believe it. I am beautiful. Mm-hmm. I am smart. My ideas are valuable and we're valuable just now in that meeting that I showed up to, or my husband appreciates me or whatever it is that you're, you're wanting to believe. Just choose that new thought and you won't believe at first. Like everyone always says, well, what if the truth doesn't really feel like the truth? It feels like the lie and the limiting beliefs feels like the truth. I'm like, yes, Yep. That, that is what it will be for a while. And then you'll keep saying it over and over and over again. And it's a placebo pill. You've wired your brain towards the limiting belief for however many years now, probably decades. So it's going to take some freaking time to begin the new rewiring process to create new neural pathways in your brain. It's going to take some time. So be patient with yourself. Louise Hay, like the OG woman of affirmations in her book, you can heal your life. Really amazing. Highly recommend. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Like she talks about how it's always, it's planting a seed. And then every time you see the affirmation, you're watering the seed, you're watering the seed, an apple tree doesn't grow overnight. So just keep watering it, keep watering it, keep showing up for those affirmations. Keep, and an affirmation could be like, literally you haven't written down on your phone. Like I have this and I look in the mirror and I say my affirmations out loud in front of the mirror, preferably every day. But you know, of course I'm a human, so it doesn't always happen every day, but sometimes it's in the heat of a moment where you're driving to work. Like you were talking about with your story. And so you're probably not going to pull out your phone and start going through your list of affirmations. In that moment, it's just, okay, what's the truth? What's the truth? And take those extra 10 seconds to intentionally choose a truth in that moment. And it takes that intentionality. It takes a little bit of work. It, It is like the gym. It's like the mindset gym. It takes intentionality and time and it's not easy during, during the process. And, and, it, and it's also, <laughs> it's also very much a process you keep going through so that you said, why did I write the book at the very beginning? I actually didn't feel qualified to write a book. And I still had so many limiting beliefs of like, you're not good enough to write a freaking book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously. We have so much in common. Like that was my, that, that's what I, what I wrote in the beginning of my book too, because the same thing, you know, the seed was planted. You should write a book. And I'm like, who me write a book. I'm like, no. Nope. And then, and so it kept the, the seed kept getting, uh, you know, other people would say something. I'm like, yeah, the seed is starting to like sprout. And at the, you know, I mentioned this, I was like, who am I to write a book? I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, you know, what my limiting belief was, I'm a nobody. Why would anyone care? Mm, Why does anyone care? Right. But you know, when, when you, like you said, you get called to this work Mm. and I'm a firm believer. You're, you're a woman of faith as well Is that God equips the called. Yeah. And he is calling you and he's going to qualify you. Mm. And I mean, it's like, did you have all the writing skills? Did you know how to even articulate your story? Did you even know how to, to write in a way, you know, like other than journal entries? I mean, mine was dark poems when I was younger, Mm. when I felt really low, I'd go in my room and just start journaling pretty dark thoughts. Mm. So I'm like, how does that convey to writing a story that's going to uplift and empower and inspire others? <laughs> kind right? of the opposite. <laughs> right. Like I can't even do this to myself, but you know, when you surrender and give in to that seed and just let it go. And of course the parables with the, the seeds right along the, yeah. the path. So yeah. God works in all the ways to make that seed germinate and grow into a healthy, beautiful, you know, whatever kind of a tree or flower or bush or whatever you want to call it. 
And that's the gift that we get to give to others as well, because it's, it's in our story. And when we own our story, that's where the power comes in. Because, mm. you know, when we talk about limiting beliefs, it's we're inadvertently giving our power away to something that has no power over us, but yet yes. we've surrendered everything to it. Yes. And so having that narrative in our mind that will continue telling us that we're unlovable, that we're worthless, uh, we suck, we're fat, we're ugly, we're too old, we're too young, we're not qualified, all these things, right? It's going to keep us playing small holding us back, but yet we know that our creator didn't create small, imperfect, useless things, right? We're made with, for, and on purpose. And that's where we have to really recognize like who we are and whose we are. And that's where our strength and confidence is found because it's deep rooted within. So when you start looking within, that's where you flourish. And so all these external things and life that happens will shape us, but really Whose voice are you listening to that loud, obnoxious, annoying inner critic that's going to tell you all those negative things. Mm -hmm. But when you, like you said, go in your room, shut off the lights, turn off distractions, you know, yourself, your thoughts, your pen and a paper and listen to that quiet, quiet little whisper. Because Mm -hmm. soon when you start giving that one attention, that becomes the voice of discernment, wisdom, and, and love and all the things that we're longing for externally, that's all found within, but we need to spend time with that version. And mm-hmm. so when we start flipping that, like you said, your narratives, you know, let go of, uh, for me, it's like, let go of limiting beliefs, redefine who you are and create your own story yes. because life and others will dictate that for you. If you don't take control back. Right. Yeah. So good. I'm like, come on. Amen. Sister. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, I, I feel like it, it comes down to also like just trusting too. Like for me, same as you in the beginning of my book, I wrote all the reasons like why I was unqualified to write the book. I was like, objection, a objection, B objection, C, like no one's going to read it. I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to waste my time. This is going to be fall flat on its face. But when, and so, you know, for you listening right now, it's like, you probably have some dreams and, and I think purpose can also morph and change over time. So I always try to like, think about it like that too. I think it can be sometimes daunting to be like, one purpose. So you better figure that one out. And then you can never change course from it. You know, it's like, we're constantly evolving and changing as humans. And so like your purpose might evolve and change and that's okay. So maybe you have three or four dreams right now and you don't know which one to take action on. And, and you're like analysis paralysis. Cause you have so many different dreams and you're like, well, I could be an interior designer, but I also could be, you know, I also could like work my way up in tech, but I also could like, you know, you think of, or I could be a stay at home mom because my husband makes great money. I could be, you know, you could think of all your different options, right? You could do Arbon and be like the next, you know, in the top 1% of Arbon. you have so many options and you're able to do anything you put your mind to. So you do have options. So I think it does take time to sometimes reflect and be like, which one do I want to do right now? And to take off the pressure to make it like, it, it will morph and change. Like when I started my brand, it was like fitness and mindset. And then it changed to mindset. And it was mindset and confidence. And I started speaking for corporations. And then I started, you know, writing the book. There's just been so many like changes and like, I'm open to other, I'm like, you know, sometimes I watch like interior design stuff. And I'm like, gosh, I love interior design. Like maybe one day I'll be like the next, like my husband, I can be like chip and Joanna gains, like, cause we're renovating our house right now and stuff, whatever. So like I'll think those thoughts and I'm like, and if that's supposed to happen, that'll happen. So I don't need to put like pressure on myself to find the one purpose for forever of my life. It's like pick a purpose for right now and take an action step forward. And, and then the next part is trust, like having a level of detachment. So like for, for me writing the book for every level, like of my transformation, there's had to been this kind of like level of detachment of like control. Because I think if you're a, if you're a driven woman, I I don't want to label anyone, but I will say, I think a lot of women that I work with are very driven and I'm very driven. And sometimes because we're so driven, we like to try to control all the outcomes and is, can be very difficult to release the control of what the outcome is going to be like. And so there's this level of trust. And I think that's why like having faith and having God for me is so big because I can trust that there's a bigger plan at play. So if I'm hearing that I'm supposed to write a book and the seeds being planted by other people over and over and over again, and I'm like, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. Skr, skr, skr. And then like, it gets just like hit in your face. And all of a sudden you're like, dang it. I think this is like legitly supposed to be something I'm supposed to do right now. Fine. I'll listen. <laughs> so that's what happened for me. And, and then like, I wanted to control, I, you know, there's a part of me wants to control the outcomes, but 
I can't control an outcome. There's no way I can control. There are things I can, you know, there are in within my control. I can, you know, I can write the book. I can go on podcasts and tell people about the book. I can, you know, whatever, add value in that book to make sure that people are really walking away from that book with insane value and being like, wow, I got some great gold nuggets from this. Like there are things that are within my control, but there's a lot that's not in my control. There's a lot that's not. And so I get to just have a level of detachment. And that was my word for 2021 actually was detachment because I am like, sometimes I try to control things too much and I try to like make them be a certain way. And I'm like, I don't know how many copies of the book will sell. I don't know how quote unquote successful it will be or not be. That's not, I really don't have full control over that. I can, I can pray. I can do my affirmations. I can do all the things I can take action as much as I can. But at the end of the day, like you don't really know. And so when it comes to you, like taking your first actions on your dreams, you really won't know all the steps. You really won't know. Like confidence doesn't mean to have no fear while you do it. It means feel that fear and do it anyway. Like feel unqualified and do it anyway. Feel like what the freaking heck am I doing? And just do it anyway. And like trust that it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. Cause even if it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go, it will lead you to something else. It'll be a stepping stone, a stepping stone. And you'll just keep taking these stepping stones. And so I just, I don't know, I guess the feeling that I'm really feeling right now, like for, for anyone who's still listening to this, like very passionate rant of Rachel and Janelle right now, <laughs> like if, if you are feeling like a, a, something that's like your next level, whatever your next level is, I, you know, I don't know if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working in business, if you're a mom, if you're a wife, what, whatever your next level is as a woman, maybe it's just you doing self-care for yourself, right? Maybe it's faith, whatever it is, there's a next level for you. And it's been tugging on your heart. Like, you know, you can, we all know deep down what, what our next levels are, but we're sometimes we have fear. And so we pretend like we don't know. So I want to ask you, what are you pretending not to know? What are you pretending not to know? What are you numbing? What are you avoiding? Because you, it scares you or it feels uncomfortable for you. It's going to look different for everyone, but I just, I want you to take a few steps back like after this podcast, be like, is there anything that I'm avoiding? Is there any like action step in my life? Is there anything that I have been dreaming of, but not giving myself permission to do I just really want to encourage you to do that. And, and the other thing is, is if there's someone here who's really wrestling with dark thoughts, like some of the ones that Rachel and I've talked about, I would really encourage you to get professional help first and foremost, because I didn't. And I really wish that I had brought someone into the mess or maybe if it's not professional help, maybe it's, it's someone very trusted. Like it's not what I was doing in the beginning where I was just flippantly telling like random people at random times. And it like, you know, if I'm drinking, so I'm like, oh, I can talk about it now because I'm drinking, you know, in college and stuff. It's like sit someone down that you really trust. Maybe it's a mentor or a parent or a, a, a sibling or, you know, whatever, like a best friend, someone that you really trust and just say, hey, I have something I want to talk to you about and share those thoughts. Like if you're, Amy, if you're against therapy or if you're against something like that, I just, I really always want to make sure I say that like your dark thoughts will only get darker if you keep them in darkness, but light expels those dark thoughts. And so the moment that you speak those out loud, they're going to lose some of their power over you. And the more you bring them out into the light, the power over those dark, the dark thoughts that clench you at night, those will start to release from you. And so like, that's what I did is I ended up telling, um, actually my Bible study leaders and it was at the end of college. So I, like I said, it was like eight years and I finally told someone in the proper setting and, and it was the first time I'd ever heard someone say me too. The husband actually used to picture his funeral and used to think he was supposed to die. And it made me realize I wasn't crazy or there wasn't something wrong with me for having dark thoughts. So I think that's another thing with, with our toxic positivity and some personal development stuff is it's like, we feel so bad for having any negative thoughts. And so there's just something like really comforting about knowing like, you're not crazy or weird for having some dark thoughts. You're very normal. You're very human. And please let someone else know about those thoughts because that's when they're going to be able to support you. And so that couple was able to really, for me, it was, they prayed over me that night and things like, I can't even begin to explain how everything shifted in my life in a moment that night, like everything changed for me. And I, I go actually really deep into this story in my book in a very uncomfortable, vulnerable way that I'm just like, <laughs> it's very scary to like release some of this information to the whole world and be like thinking of all the different people who are going to read it. But so if you're, the whole book is not about, you know, the, this, these dark thoughts It's really just about any thought patterns that were shifting, but this is a piece of the story. And, and so if anyone here is really wrestling with those types of dark thoughts, I just really, really 
like beg you at the bottom of my heart to just bring your thoughts out into the light and let someone know whether it's someone, you know, a trusted person, or if it's a professional through a hotline or through therapy, like please bring it out. Cause if you leave it to your own brain and your own thought patterns, like it only gets worse because you're doing it alone, you know, and you can't do it alone. You really can't. So, Uh um, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And that's, you know, when, when these thoughts come in our, in our mind, they're not ours. They're not ours to keep. They're not ours to hold on to. And like you said, you you have to put it out in the open. And so there's so many available resources, whether that's online, like, uh, you know, talk space or better health or, you know, finding so licensed professionals, say like on psychologytoday.com to opening up to a, you know, a small intimate group of friends or even one individual, whatever that is, is that we need to have that trusted safe space so that you know that no matter where you are on your journey, you're not alone. And so having, asking for help is one of the most uh, courageous things that we can do. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, we feel, or not even just as women, but individuals is that we have this like sense of pride and ego that we have to all and do it all alone because that we're proving something, but I mean, this was my, I mean, I, that was something I, I truly believe. And that was a limitation. It was a limiting belief because I thought I had to do everything on my own and do it well and do it perfect. And if I, you know, messed up, then, you know, it was a bad impression of me. And so, you know, when you're living this, this idea of perfectionism, it's just, you're constantly masking so much of of who you are and you don't really get to show up as your true authentic self. And really that is the, you know, we talked about these these moments of life-defining moments of like purpose, but really the biggest takeaway of all of this. And I think you can agree as well is that it's about freedom to let go of all the things. So you can show up as your true, authentic, vulnerable self. And, and that's where true freedom is because when you are unapologetically, you none none of this matters. And you just show up with confidence because you know who you are and you know what you're, you've, you're here to do. And it's just uh, only something that you as the individual can take responsibility and ownership for. And the beauty of that is, is that you get to create all this, right? So that's why I say you have the power to create your own story. So if the story that you're in right now isn't serving you and it doesn't have the happy ending and you don't even like the role that you're playing in it, well, you're the writer, director, producer, leading star, actor, all the stuff, right? So start making these small changes and and implement so that you can start creating a a life that you absolutely love. And it's not going to happen overnight. And this journey doesn't happen overnight. It's literally life. Life is the journey, right? You know, so many golden nuggets and takeaways here. I feel like we could seriously talk for like hours and I mean, seriously, we can't, (laughs) but I I would love for you to, you know, let our listeners know, first of all, where they can find you, find out all the details, but more importantly, how they can get your hands on your book. You know, your book is life-changing and, you know, I'm an advocate for all those women, you know, sharing their stories, having that courage and confidence to just be like, you know, this is me, take me as I am. And if you don't like me, cool. Cause I love me, um, yes. you know, and that's the beauty when you could come full circle and be like, it isn't about them. It's about you. You have to mm-hmm. be okay with what you do throughout the day. As you put your head on your pillow and say, how, what, how did you show up? Were you pleased with it? Do you have regrets? Like only you can answer that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you show up as, as your highest and best version, then that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. So yeah. t- tell us all about, you know, flex your confident muscle, how they can you know follow along with you, all the deeds. Yeah. So you can grab my book, flex your confidence muscle on Amazon. It officially is live on July 7th. So just so you know, that's when it's, it's for pre-sale before July 7th. And then as of July 7th, the book hard, hard copy, everything is ready to go in your hands two days after you order, which is thank you, Amazon. Um, so yeah, you can grab it there. And then as far as connecting on social, your girl's been on TikTok lately. I'm loving the TikTok game. I thought I resisted that for a while, but, um, yeah, it's Janelle underscore Lene on TikTok and Instagram. And then, um, my website is nextlevelconfident.com and there's lots of, you know, resources and goodies there for you to grab to, and you can obviously learn more about the book there too. And, um, yeah, if anyone's listening and you just like are really relating, like I love getting, you know, messages from people who are like, this really helped me. Or like, I don't know, like if you had a shift or if something broke off of you, or if you had a breakthrough, or if you had a mindset, like, I don't know, transformation or shift of any kind, just from listening today, we like Rachel and I would love to hear from you. And it's just, it's cool to hear that. And again, reach out if you, if you need support, like, please don't hesitate to 
to reach out to either of us. And of course, you know, a professional that's also like, if you're going through the the darker thoughts, but otherwise like uh, my biggest hope and desire for each listener walking away from this is that you would just really become aware of your thought patterns. Like I want you to become so aware of your thought patterns and then to become more aware of who you are and to become more of you the person that you were created to be. And I think last thing I'll say is like strength finders is a really good test for learning your strengths. So a lot of times I have my clients take that test because then you can learn like more about the strengths and focus on your strengths instead of focusing on your weakness or what's lacking. So that's just always one I always want to plug in there. But Rachel, thank you so much for having me today. You're an incredible host. And I just have really, really, really enjoyed our conversation. Like you said, we could go for like five more hours. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, it's been a complete pleasure here, you know, just having these honest, real candid conversations and just that's really what what the confident woman is all about, you know, really empowering you to become your best and most confident self. And so when we have to, you know, face some of those dark times for us to step into the lightness and uh, that's just the beauty of life. And so it's also our gift to give back to others. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. Um, For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Erin underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.